everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here, as always, with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki. Well, hello, Pete Wright. How are you? I'm doing so very well, Nikki. I'm very excited about our show today. Very excited. Me too. We are, we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs again, uh, but uh, b- before you hang up and say, uh, hey, I know everything about limiting beliefs because we've been talking about them for the last couple of episodes, don't, don't. You want to stick around because we have a very, very special guest on the show to help us through this conversation. Before we dive in, make sure you head over to TakeControlADHD.com, get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage. Just click the blue button and uh, you'll get an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD and call us. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD and get your voice, your thoughts, and your questions on this very show. Uh, We would love to hear from you. All right, here we go. Eric Tivers. Eric Tivers. He is a licensed clinical social worker, a coach, a podcaster, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a productivity nerd just like me. He is best known as the host for the uh, incredibly popular ADHD Rewired podcast, but he's also a leader in online video-based group coaching. Today, he's going to share his insights into limiting beliefs, but knowing Eric, we're going to be talking about a lot more than just that. Eric Tivers, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thank you so much, Pete, for having me on. And Nikki, thank you. Hi, Eric. Hey. Well, we had the privilege of being on your show, uh, and it was awesome, and we appreciate it. And we did Facebook Live for the first time. Wasn't that fun? It was so much fun. We're thinking about maybe doing that more often. Are you doing it more? I I am experimenting. I'm doing a lot of dabbling with this and that, uh, playing with YouTube a little bit. And uh, the live stuff is just so much fun because I, you know... I I get energized by the interaction, so I love that. Yes. yes, That's really what it does. It's a whole different kind of experience. It really changes the nature of the conversation, too, with that when you're doing it without a net. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about limiting beliefs. And uh, we we have been talking about limiting beliefs and perseverance, and these are the things that Nikki, I know you have been exploring with your, I should say, exploring, practicing with your <laughs> all clients. the time, <laughs> <laughs> daily. This is a daily practice. Yeah. Well, and I think Eric can probably um, agree with me on this. You know, when you're working with clients and they come to you with a challenge, and whether it's oh, I want to be more productive, or I, I don't feel like I'm managing my time right, or whatever it may be, it seems like when you dig a little deeper about, you know, what's holding them back, what's that roadblock, as a coach, we hear these beliefs, these limiting beliefs that are really holding them back. And they may not even be aware of it. They may not even really understand or hear what they're saying until it's actually reflected back to them. Like where you say, okay, I just heard that you said you can't do something. And then like, huh, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. So like Pete was saying, this whole month we've been talking about perseverance and he shared his own personal story of where he had to uh, definitely overcome a struggle. Uh, I shared an experience of mine. Um, And just to kind of remind people who are listening what a limiting belief is, uh, it is that internal dialogue that we have with ourselves uh, on what we think we can or can't do. Um, It's who we think we are. It's how we look at the world. 
It's it's how we th- it's what we think we're capable of. And these messages come in the form of I'm not good enough. Um, again, I can't do this A because I can't. I don't have B or you know that kind of thing. And so. Many times what we find as coaches is these beliefs, well, they're not true, right? They're, they're just a perception of what we think. Um, they don't serve us. They keep us stuck. And they certainly impact our, our choices. And so I want to pick your brain a little bit, having a different coach's perspective on maybe some of the kinds of limiting beliefs that you hear. What, what do you see with clients and, and your listeners? If, if I may, too, if we can look at this idea of limiting beliefs, you know, limiting beliefs, I look at them as this is, we all have a narrator in this story that we tell ourselves, that that dialogue that that we hear in our own thoughts, in our own mind from the moment we wake up to the time we go to bed, right? So this is our, our the narrator of our story, right? The, the great thing, though, about being aware that this is a narrator, that we can also play editor as well. Mm-hmm. And if we don't like the story, we can change the story, right? And so I think one of the things to first uh, that that some people are sometimes surprised to realize is that you can challenge that story. If you don't like that narrator, change the narrator, change the tone, change the words, change that story. All right. So I am right now, I think I'm 36. <laughs> yes, I'm 36. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At this moment, you're 36. <laughs> yes. So when I was when I was 18 years old, I went away to college uh, my freshman year, and uh, you know, first semester, I'm away at college. Um, I have not been diagnosed with ADHD at this point, and uh, I got a 2.2 GPA. And part of that story that I was telling myself was. Well, I guess I'm just lazy. Um, you know, this is what my parents have told me because they've always told me that, well, if I just applied myself, uh, you know, I could, I could do better. Um, so with the threat of being pulled out of school, if I didn't get my grades up, I did make a good decision to open up the books and actually try to study. Yeah, it's, it makes sense, right? Sure. Well, you know, you're feeling bold one day. I can see how that's a risk. Yeah, I even went to the library, you know, <laughs> a bunch um, and really, really studied, probably for the first time in my life. And I got a 1.8 that semester. Oh. Oh, yeah, I can see where this is going. Yeah. So, and I, I didn't understand it. I was like, I, I really did try. And so, you know, when we talk, you know, one of the things that I want to talk uh, with you guys about today is the issue of shame and how that paints this picture um, for so many of us with ADHD, the story of what's wrong with me, I must be stupid, I can't do this, right? Because often we have these experiences that, you know, through we try something and the results we get are lousy, right? And so then the 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 narration in our mind goes, well, why try, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So most of your listeners, I would imagine at this point, either know they have ADHD or are exploring this and, and maybe came across this podcast, was recommended by somebody. And so they're trying to learn more about it, right? Yeah. So wherever you, you are as a listener on this journey, it's being aware of, okay, whatever my past experiences have been. If, especially if you're newer to the diagnosis or newer, I mean, I, I work with people who were diagnosed 15 years ago, but they've 
now are beginning to work on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it takes people that long to say, you know, maybe this is more than just a thing about distractibility. Right. There's, right. there's a lot of other things in there. So I think the number one thing that gets in our way of productivity is shame. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I'm a, I call myself a student of Brene Brown. And uh, for, mm-hmm. for your listeners, if you're not familiar with Brene Brown, um, really do yourself a favor and, and look up her work. She has two TED Talks. She has a bunch of books. You know, there was a pivotal uh, a moment for me. It was maybe about three or four years ago. I was listening to an audiobook on um, one of Brene Brown's programs. And she has these guideposts for wholehearted living. And mm-hmm. I, I tell the story as this is the moment where I got punched in the gut by Brene Brown. <laughs> We've all had it. We all have. Yes. Both Pete and I are big believers in her work. Absolutely. So it, it was her 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 guidepost number seven. How, how nerdy are you? Oh, I love number seven. <laughs> um, where it was let it, we have to let go of productivity as a measure of our self-worth. Oh, love that. Oh, yes. I, I can remember where I was walking in. It was I was near my office. I was taking a, a, a break during my work day. Uh, not something I always do really well. Something that I want to do on a regular basis, though. And I was listening to this audio program, and I heard her say these words. And I literally stopped in my tracks because it was, you know, that that sense of yourself that you think you sort of maybe have an idea of. But then something happens where that reflection is as clear as clear could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, that was the moment. You know, so when I heard her say that, and this is when I just started doing these coaching groups. So I was, I was in my, I think it was my second launch of one of my coaching groups. And I was in major perfectionism. I can do it all mode. I was, uh, so I was in this launch. And I know that you guys have done launches and you guys know how, how intense launches can be, mm-hmm. right? Totally. So I was up until like 2 a.m., right, uh, uh, creating content during the week of this launch because what was the limiting belief? If I don't do everything possible, it's not going to fill up. And what was the limiting belief about that? If I don't fill up, I'm, if it doesn't fill up, I'm not worthy of you know, people listening to me and, and joining my program. So all of these limiting beliefs were in my, in my own head, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love that. I, you know, for me, I call that back-pocketing success because what you get from that, the opportunity that comes with that, the subversive thing that comes out of that is when somebody says, uh, why aren't you doing your coaching sessions anymore? You can say, oh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, not enough people signed up. But not enough people signed up because... Of the limiting belief, like you didn't launch, you didn't do the whole thing. Uh, those are the kinds of things I think that get that it's the it's the self defeating spiral of of shame. Yeah, absolutely, and fear yeah. the fear of missing out. And so, and and there was a uh, there was an episode on my podcast uh, a while back where, and this was during this whole period, and it was my week of my launch uh, for my it was my second coaching group, and I was going to give a a presentation to a uh, a parent group. And I knew at the time that I probably should have said no to this invitation to speak because I knew that I was going to be in my launch week. But I had that FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was almost at episode 50 here. And I was like, you know, when you have ADHD, if you do anything consistently, that's like, oh my gosh, like when's the house of cards going to fall? 
<laughs> totally. <laughs> right? And so I, had, I was on episode 47. Or, yeah, I was about to release episode 47. I had not missed a, an episode yet. And so I was like, I can't not you know, miss. I, ha- I have to, to meet this self-imposed deadline because if I don't, you know, what will that mean? Right? And I look back and I'm like, that's so absurd. It's like, what's the big deal if I'm, a, a, you know, a week late or a day late? Um, but at that time, like I, I, you know, it's sort of that, that bar of success worth that double-edged sword. Uh, it was the same thing for when I was in college, when after I got that diagnosis, my sophomore year of college and started taking medication, my first semester, I got a three, seven, five. Um, so I upped my, my grades and I upped my anxiety all at the same time. Right. And that's really where my perfectionism was born. Uh, was that, that really that first year of success in college and, and, and academia. So I was in this launch and and just craziness. I decided to take my uh, my recorder in the car with me, and I did a a uh, um, an episode of my podcast. It was called ADHD at fifty five miles per hour. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. And I had people tell me it was like an auditory MRI of ADHD because I don't think I finished a single a single thought or sentence the entire episode. And I was <laughs> and I was so scared. I almost didn't release. I was like, oh, God. you know, uh, Brene Brown talks about that vulnerability hangover. Oh, it, it, was, it was big. It was. Yeah. Like, totally. was like, oh, I don't know if I should release this because I was talking about my fears, about my, my feeling of inadequacy. Um, and I got to tell you that. I had so many people who uh, reached out to me, who emailed me, thanking me for releasing that episode. I had somebody email me, and this still, it's, it's one of these things that sort of gives me goosebumps every time I, I tell the story. But I had someone that, that emailed me, you know, saying, I was beginning to believe that you didn't really have ADHD. Oh, mm. wow. Mm. And, you know, it's that feeling of like, how you realize that that how much effort and how hard it really is to, you know, to to quote unquote masquerade as normal or just be an adult and to to do these things all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, doing the so one that was a a, a big sort of um, um, uh, I think success hurdle uh, that helped me with that perfectionism, realizing that. Wow, like people actually want to hear this sort of uh, this imperfect uh, version of myself, um, and so that was really uh, in a very positive way, very reinforcing, and let me sort of experiment more with more imperfection, which is amazing. Imperfection as a playground, and knowing that it's okay. Like mm-hmm. nobody even wants stuff to be perfect. It's just our own sort of uh, um, you know headspace that wants it to be perfect. It, it that was really helpful for me. And, you know, now I'm gearing into my, my ninth, uh, the ninth season of my coaching groups. And I had a really interesting experience. So, at, you know, I'm, I'm a coach and therapist, but I've also uh, been a consumer of coaching services as well. And so I had this really inter- interesting experience. Is, so I think it was two, two uh, launches ago where I was, I was leading into a launch and my, and it was the week like of, like launch registration, like it was the, the go time week, right? Where it's real intense. And my computer crashed, like the worst possible, like hard drive failed, not recoverable. And I had like, I had a whole day planned of, I had to re- edit these videos that I just recorded and, and all the stuff. And so technology, uh, and I know that Pete, you had just recently had a, an issue with this as well. Yeah. And 
And the worst, the worst it's, it's, part of oh god, it's it's uh, just damages your soul. <laughs> oh my! And, and the worst part about this is it is now you know I can with some distance between I can look back at it and laugh. So in my presentations that I give on technology, I I say you know it's not a matter of if your hard drive or tech fails; it's a matter of when. So make sure you have a backup. And I remember having this thought while presenting and and talking about that recently. Or I just sort of like, you know, I got to double check to make sure my backup is set up correctly. Because there was this like, you know, those thoughts that sort of just pop into your mind and you sometimes don't fully pay attention to. But then in hindsight, you're like, why didn't I pay attention to that thought? Totally. I just did that with Nikki. I, I feel like it's this it's this thing. And, and I've, I've started using this language. You know, she said, hey, did you get this message? I said, oh, yeah, I ADHD the crap out of that. Like I read it and then I did something completely different and unrelated. That's the feeling I get with this with the with backing up. And because you and I have sort of similar you know experiences with this, that thought creeps into your head. And, you know, you say when you're feeling your strongest and most composed, you say, oh, yeah, not checking your backups. That's a mistake that only happens once but that's not true at all it happens all the time you forget to check your backups because you get that's what you live with is forgetting to do right. stuff that you <laughs> intended to do in the first place right so so, so here's what happens so i i'm also a part of a mastermind uh, group with a bunch of other podcasters who are in different areas of, of business and so mastermind groups are basically like you know each person that's in the group has a chance to sit in the hot seat and you share a, uh, a struggle that you're having. And then everyone in the group sort of helps you with that, that struggle. Right. So two things were happening during that week. One, my coach was telling me that I could push through and persevere. And I, I, this is, I think the second time that I was going to do two sessions, uh, sections of this group at the same time. Right. And I was exhausted. I know, you know, I was on empty and I just wanted to basically wave the white flag and, and just do one group. Right. And mm -hmm. so my coach was really trying to push me to do two. And I was like, eh, you know, and, and she was, she even shared with me that she'd be willing to, to put my, uh, um, to help me promote the launch. She has a really big mailing list. And, um, and, but it, it's like, I was not, it, I couldn't get myself to, to do it. Then my, then my mastermind group says, you know what, you've done these great launches. You've been really successful. Like, if you do a launch or if you do one group or you postpone one of the groups and just you're open with your audience, like they'll, they'll be complete, they'll understand. And it was like, because I had the permission to not to do it, it gave me the energy to do it. So I, <laughs> yes, I have a little bit of oppositional tendencies I've, I've noticed in myself, right? So but look at how crazy fueling that is. That's an that is an amazing experience when you realize, hey, I can tell myself to screw you. Right. You know. Right. right. And I so gotta just I have to interrupt you guys though because I gotta tell you it reminds me of when my kids tell me in the morning that they're sick. <laughs> And they're like, oh, I'm just so not feeling well. And I'll let them know. I'm like, you know what? If you don't feel well, you don't have to go to school. It's okay. You can stay home. And as soon as I give them the permission to stay home, I'm not kidding you. I would say eight times out of 10, they go to school. Absolutely. It's the two times out of 10 where they're really deathly sick that yeah. they're like not going to school. But it is, there is something about, oh, I really have a choice here. Like, that's a, I, that's a, that's a yeah. parenting ninja move right there. That's, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. I like that. <laughs> So what, what I've learned too is so, um, and I used to make myself kind of crazy during these launches, like this, this whole like, measuring my, the success of a launch r related to my self-worth. 
And what I realized is a couple of things. One, looking at data is really important. So, you know, I experiment with these different approaches and uh, for, for these launches. And this shouldn't be a surprise at all. This is an ADHD group, right? And so 80% of my spots get filled in the last 20% of time left in the launch. Like, this shouldn't be a surprise, right? Right, it's right. Like I'm sure. talking about it for, for weeks, and it's like the last two days is when everybody signs up. Mm-hmm. I and, know that feeling. <laughs> and what what I have finally come to in the last, my, my, my last launch that I did, like, n- none of it frazzled me at all. Right. Like I just I just had this belief that, you know, what, it's going to be OK. And if it's if it doesn't fill up and this is the time where I actually did three groups, you know, I was like, let's just see what happens. And, you know, what I learned from that was that one, like it one, it doesn't matter if I fill it up to 12 people or if there's 10 people in it or if I decide to stretch myself and one of the groups doesn't fill up. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. And, and that has taken me a good two years of really intense work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I, I um, you know, one, looking at the difference between guilt and shame, right? I think that's an important part of this discussion, too, is this focus of, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this on the show, is guilt is focusing on behavior. Shame is focusing on who you are as a person. Yeah. One of the things that I, um, and I still struggle with this, with, with the feeling of guilt is I, I feel guilty that I'm not home enough um, to, to, be, you know, getting home before my son goes to bed. Like, I, I, I don't like that. And, you know, being a, a small business owner, right. It's like part of the, 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 the great part about being a small business owner is you get to make your own hours sort of. Kind of. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> I, I forgot who said this. They're, the, the, uh, it's about entrepreneurship. It's like entrepreneurs are the only group of people that will work twice as many hours for half the pay. <laughs> well, and for freedom to, to actually like go for freedom, it's like you still work more to get that freedom. Yeah, yeah, right, it's right. crazy. So, so you know, bringing this now to where I've seen some of this. So, what well, it's, it's looking at the limiting beliefs of I I don't anymore most of the time. Uh, uh, hold up my like my my outcomes with right, my right. self worth right, and that. That has taken work. That has taken work working with a coach. That has taken work working with a therapist. And I am a therapist, right? Yeah. Um, and so, it, and, it, and you know, and it, it will certainly still pop its head up. And, and I'm very, I refer to myself as a perfectionist in a recovery, right? You know, I got to say, because there's a couple of things that, that, that I love what you're saying is that you're not, you're not tied to the outcome anymore. And, you know, that is something that as a strategy, I talk to my clients about a lot when we are working on a new strategy. So say that they're trying something new this week, I'll ask them to go into it with a curiosity mindset and, you know, really just practice it. Don't be tied to the outcome. Don't judge it. You know, don't, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just what it is. And just go into the mindset of that. It takes the pressure off. And like you say, it's taking away that self, that you're not tied to the outcome. That's not your self-worth. I told a a client yesterday, who you are as a person has nothing to do if you have dishes in the sink. That is not who you are. Well, that's a relief. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, but you know, but you, you know how, you know, the rabbit hole that gets, right. you know, that goes down. It's like, oh my gosh, why can't I do this? Um, it's kind of insidious oh, too, yeah. because you, you end up, uh, like these things, the dishes in the sink, they, it's easy to say, to sort of cognate your way through it and say, well, I, I know that that isn't, that isn't my value, but it, it sneaks in when you start, oh, it does. you, you yeah. start sort of subtly assigning value to these kinds of things that don't matter beyond their innate value, their intrinsic value. They don't have value. You're assigning them value. And, you know, when you stub your, t- your toe accidentally, completely at random, uh, you assign some sort of metaphysical meaning to it. Well, this is just my luck. This is just my kind of day. And that kind of insidious self-talk ends up creating kind of a, a microculture for you of of that kind of shame and mm-hmm. and and that's really hard to shake because you almost can't see it coming until you're deep into it mm-hmm. do you know the book uh um i can't remember the author's name uh 10 happier yes, yes we've talked about that book on the show we have. Oh, love it's it. such a good book and it I, is. I, I love uh Dan Harris, is that who it is? Yeah, yeah, from Good Morning America. I I should have a gold star every time I remember somebody's name because it's (laughs) such a a, a jam when it happens. Um, So I love. There's a part in his book where he talks about what he really wanted to name uh, his book, and I love it, and I use that line all the time. But what he really wanted to name the book is my inner voice. It's an asshole. Yes, it is. It is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so when we could sort of acknowledge that and say, well, okay, so our inner voice, like, you know, this is this idea that like we have to just listen to that. Like, you get in the car and let's say uh, for some reason the country station is on and you do not like country, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to just say, oh man, the country station is on. I can't stand listening to this. No, you're going to change the station in like two seconds. Yeah. Right. right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. We can do the same thing with our thoughts. And yeah. it's going to feel uncomfortable because our brains and body like homeostasis. They like things that are fam- they're familiar with, right? Yeah. So when we change it, know that it's not going to feel authentic at first. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a new pair of jeans. You know, it's like it feels kind of stiff and not uncomfortable. But like, you know that pair of jeans that you love that are so soft? Like, they weren't always that way. So you have to sort of get yourself fit into this new, uh, a, a new mindset. And so much of what we do around productivity and just how we view ourselves in the world is around mindset. You know, Carol Dweck's work with uh, growth mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at, at, at failure as feedback. And you know, I look at um, my coaching groups as a productivity playground where there are no mistakes. You know, it's like we're trying stuff out and it's all this feedback. It's like, let's see, did this work? If, if yes, great. If not, why not? Let's get really curious about it and not judge it. Um, it's just an, such an important part of it. You know, you asked uh, at the top of the show about transformations. It's, um, you know, the, the last session that I do with my, in my coaching groups is a, it's a reflective session where I ask people sort of what they, what they really felt they gained from the group, what they got out of the group. And I have had multiple people in multiple groups who never heard each other, uh, never knew each other, say this very same sentence. And it was that at the end of this group that they learned to be more comfortable in their own skin. Now, this is a productivity group. And when you're dealing with ADHD, you're not just dealing with time management. You're not just dealing with calendars and and prioritization. Like that's sort of like that's the 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 anchors of everything. But when you hear other people 
share their story and share their struggle. And you see that, hey, this person looks pretty successful, right? But they're also struggling with a lot of the same stuff. And you start to hear their external voice sound a lot like your own narrator. And you're thinking, wow, they're being really hard on themselves. And then you realize, oh, that's kind of what I sound like internally. Something shifts in you. You know, and I think that is such a powerful message. And, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, over the last two, three years since I've shifted, you know, my, my business used to be primarily therapy. And then I started my podcast. And then I, on an impulsive whim on one of my episodes, said that I'm thinking about doing these coaching groups. So let me know if you're interested. Um, and which is a true story, by the way, that was totally unplanned. I just, it just came to me as a thought and I said it and left it in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now and, you have uh, a business congratulations and, and i have shifted my 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 business from being mostly therapy to a little bit of coaching to being mostly group coaching and a little bit of therapy because i have found that and i'm and i'm trying to figure out a way to, to um uh, get some research uh support to 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 look at um an, an empirical way to to validate what we are doing in, in my groups, because there is, you know, one-on-one, you work with, with a, a coach, you work with a therapist, and they could say, yes, this is common for ADHD, right? But when you are with a group of other people who have a growth mindset, who want to improve in these areas, and you are, you're all sharing the struggles together and being vulnerable with each other, there is something about that that you, you can't create a lesson plan for. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do because I do group coaching myself too. Mm-hmm. Our, my format's a little bit different than, than what you do. Uh, but I would definitely say one of the advantages that I see is the connection. You know, definitely what you're saying is, is knowing you're not alone, hearing other experiences. And as a coach, uh, you know, as a leader of the group, it is also really great for me to hear other people talk about it and talk about what's working and what's not and hear their experiences so that it's not just me always, right? They're hearing a whole, um, a whole group talking about this. So they're getting more than just one one idea or one experience or you know i mean there there's something very very powerful about groups well, i absolutely agree it cements the fact that there's no one right answer there's no one right yeah, way to, right. to navigate life mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter i'm sure eric you find this too it doesn't really matter um like I've had some groups that are all sort of in the same kind of chapter in their lives, mm-hmm. but then I've also had groups where it's really all over the place. Like they're all in different different chapters, but I see both groups working. It's like, it, it, I don't know. There's just a connection there that it doesn't matter if you're a 50-year-old businessman or you're a 25-year-old you know, graduate student who's just trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. I mean, it these things all still connect and, and it's just a really interesting experience. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And one of my services. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just so powerful. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, I feel so fortunate to as, as being uh, in this, this, this field, having ADHD, I just feel immensely grateful that I don't have to pretend that I don't have ADHD. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, it's, 
it, it's something so powerful about that. Like, I think one of the most common questions in during the course of, of my my groups, and you probably see this too, is what was the question? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, and I, I'll ask that too. And it's like, there's just something so like when, when we can all sort of be in that space together and our guard is not up, but we can just be free to be ourselves. Like then we can actually learn and internalize this stuff. Right. And all of the calls are recorded. So if right. you ever want to <laughs> listen to any of it again, yeah. <laughs> if you miss anything, don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a great service. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your coaching group? You're probably having another one here soon, right? Yes. Our, our next group starts at April 24th. Um, and I'm doing this sort of rolling uh, registration because I'm trying to ease my uh, workload during that week of registration. So because I'm doing right now three groups a week, and this is the, the format of the group is this. It's 10 weeks. It's uh, um, three times a week. We have three different uh, time sessions. So it's sort of like, um, do you know who Jessica McCabe is? She has the How To ADHD channel. Yes, yes. I met her at the Chad conference. Uh-huh. Right, so I, I was talking to her uh, about my group. She's like, so it's kind of like a semester of ADHD school. And oh, I, like, I love can that. I st- can I steal that? Because that's awesome. She's like, go yeah. ahead. It's yours. Right, so it is. <laughs> awesome. So, so you, it's 12 people for uh, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, Each session is an hour. We meet on Zoom. It's a video conference platform that's super easy to use, even for people who are a little bit technologically challenged. Um, And so we, you know, each day has a little bit of a different format. On Mondays, we focus on planning. Um, you know, the first couple of weeks of, of group, I always ask people on Mondays, all right, so who's planned their day or their week yet? And it's, you know, it's kind of like crickets. You know? Silence. It, it, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to set a timer now. We're going to spend five or 10 minutes and we're going to actually plan our week. And it's like, because it's, you know, with ADHD, it's like, you, you know what to do, but you don't do what you know, right? Yep. So it's yep. like, okay. Yep. So the power of that, that group accountability Right. So then we, we do that. And then we talk about different sort of methods of planning. And then we spend a lot of time focusing on time awareness and teaching people to understand that we have to bypass trying to get a sense of time and go right towards wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that by I have people predict how long their tasks, especially the routine tasks, are going to take them. Right. And then actually set timers and start those timers and track that their tasks and record that time, which, you know, sounds kind of tedious and boring, but super important, which is also why it's really helpful to do it as a group because you have that accountability piece. Because if you can learn how long things take you, then you can actually have a chance at scheduling and having that schedule kind of work out. You know, right. if you're if you're scheduling and you don't know how long things actually take you, like that's going to be a fruitless and a frustrating uh, uh, venture to, to get into. Right. So we spend a lot of time on, on teaching methods of planning and we teach during the, the group like how to actually integrate your like goals for the year. And how do you actually make that a part of how you plan your day and your week? Right. Not have these be sort of these separate entities where you, you know, it comes at the top of the year. And now I'm going to plan these uh, my, my New Year's resolutions and then I'm never going to look at those goals again. Right. It's like, no, right, it's, right, right. Right. And so we, we integrate those things. Um, 
on Fridays, we look at really, we review sort of like, what do we learn? So I gave assignments and we talk about them during the group and we really talk about the process of what was learned during uh, the, these exercises. And we start the assignments together. You know, what one of the, uh, on my podcast, I open every podcast saying that starting is the hardest part. So let's get started. So all of the, the um, assignments, we start together in the group, right? And then on, on Wednesdays, we alternate between two formats. We have a, a mastermind uh, session where the way we do it, each person has a chance to sit in the hot seat and share with the group a challenge, a struggle they're currently having. And then everyone in the group for half the session is going to sort of um, uh, kind of fire off ideas and, and brainstorm and ask questions to help uh, you gain clarity on a specific challenge that you're having. Um which it's so powerful because it's like like our context of our specific situations may be different, but like it's so relatable um, because it's issues regarding you know decision making, prioritizing, um, you know a lot of things related to am I in the right line of work? You know what's the next steps for that? Um, you know so uh, there's that. Then we have uh, on alternating uh, Wednesdays we have this is probably my favorite part personally. It's called our adult study hall. Um, and it's where we get together in our Zoom room. So everyone's on screen. It's kind of like the Brady Bunch. We have like books up there's 12 <laughs> people on screen. And so what we do is it's all that stuff that I call important. The stuff that's boring, but important, right? And yeah. we work together on screen on all of our stuff, like returning phone calls, filing, uh, decluttering. But what we'll do in, the, in these sessions, I'll ask people to tell us what task you're going to work on, predict the time, show me your timer. Nikki, I, I, I found uh, after it was like two groups ago, I started to ask people uh, just to show me their timer, and I learned that no one was actually timing themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I was like, yeah, well, we got the timer set, uh-huh, and no one was uh -huh. actually doing it. And no it. one was really doing it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it, and it was funny. When we had that realization, everyone started laughing. And, yeah. Um, and so, and it's amazing how, like, I've had people at the end of that first study hall in tears. Because they predicted a, a task would take them 10 minutes. And, now, and when they tell me what the task is, I know this is not a 10-minute task. But, you know, as a coach, I want to help them lead them towards that discovery, right? Right, right. And so they came back at the end of that session and, and in tears saying, like, this is, like, I thought this would take me 10 minutes to do. It took me the entire almost hour just to find all the stuff I need to do this task. And this is the story of my entire life. Yep. Right. And it yeah. was in. So it's, it's a lot of these aha. It's like because what when you're doing this stuff with a group, you're now thinking about your process because you're sort of being observed by others, too. So you're more sort of that metacognitive process is, is kicking in now. Right. And so um, it's just so powerful, uh, this, the group dynamic. And then we also pair everyone up with accountability teams um, where you're, you have two accountability partners that you check in with on a daily basis using Facebook Messenger. Just to sort of say, hey, here's what I'm trying to get done today. I'll check in with you sort of midday, give you a status update. And oh, what a great, what a great tool. And so many people in the group will continue that, those relationships well beyond uh, they, when the group is over. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to say that everyone has a life-changing experience, but so many people do. And it's, uh, you know, I, it's a really gratifying experience to be able to facilitate that and see uh, really these, these transformations really occur. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had more and more people who are now taking this group now for the second and third time, which is incredible to me. 
No, oh, that's great. That's so, oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Th- thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to, to share with your audience about, uh, about the coaching group. Yeah. Well, it's, you're doing good work, Eric. You are. Awesome. Good work. Good Shout work. it from the mountaintop. This is fantastic. <laughs> and right. you've got a great podcast. And obviously you have, uh, you know, higher than expected caliber guests uh, because, you know. <laughs> Nikki and, just, and just, Nikki just saying, Nikki and Peter made an appearance. Yeah. You know, I, I think <laughs> now, what, what date did you say that this is coming out? Well, this is coming out next week, uh, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So we, you actually, well, so your show, your interview with us is probably coming out before our interview with you, right? No, our oh, interviews okay. are coming out on the very same day. <gasps> what? Wow! It's the awesome. ultimate crossover. <laughs> So as soon as you are finished listening to this episode, if you haven't already left a review for their podcast, first do that. Then that's so helpful. And, and truly it is. If there if, if you listen to an ADHD podcast that you like, like the more ADHD podcasts get reviews, the more it shows up in iTunes, which just helps everybody. I, I truly believe that. It really, it really helps everybody. Um, so then go over to ADHD Rewired and hit, hit subscribe. So now you'll have two ADHD podcasts in your feed that you get on a weekly basis. And it'll be episode 150, I think, 7. Um, and that's coming out same day. So it really, it's it's like the, the podcasting time gods all aligned and they say, okay, we agree to this. And this is going to happen. <laughs> it, they, they, looked down, they looked down on it and they said... This is good. This is yeah. <laughs> this is good. Awesome. You can come back anytime, Eric. Any you got time. all the language. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is really a, a fantastic uh, a gift and a great podcast. And I'll tell you, even when we did that Facebook Live, uh, that there were people who said that they were listening to both of our shows, uh, you know, on the same day. Anyhow, is so enormously gratifying. So for everybody who who listens to our show, Eric's show, both shows, whatever. Welcome and thank you, as always, for your time and, in particular, your attention. Uh, We sure appreciate it. Uh, You can find out more about Eric Tivers over at ADHDrewired.com. But, of course, just swipe over to the show notes in your podcast app of choice, and uh, you can find all the links to everywhere that, uh, that you can find Eric that he wants to be found and maybe some that he doesn't. Uh, we we try to be thorough in our show notes. So uh, thank you, Eric Tivers, ADHD Rewired. Uh, go check out all of his great work. Uh, on behalf of Eric and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you uh, right here next time on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Podcast.